I still firmly believe in the DIY ethos. Completely believe in that. You need to make this on your own, but you will hit a certain point along the road where you just need a little bit of a hand. Hello and welcome to another episode of Promote the Hell Out of It. My name is Misael Trujillo and this is the podcast where I talk to people worth promoting about subjects we should all be talking about. And I am so happy to have today's guest on the show. I talked to Pete Wright, drummer for Ducking Punches and I Said Goodbye, creator of the Mard Peril zine. He is sponsored by British Drum Co, Amedia Symbols, Remo, Barbic Sticks, Protection Racket Cases. I don't think I've missed anything out there. He is also owner of The Compound, where he is a drum teacher. Uh, We talk about how he balances all of that with his family life. We talk about keeping healthy on tour. We talk about yoga, meditation, and a hell of a lot in between, including, obviously, the wonderful bands he's in. I mean, Duck and Punches, in my opinion, are one of the best and most consistent DIY bands in the UK. I absolutely love watching them live every time. And I love the attitude they bring to the DIY scene. And I specifically just love talking to Pete. It was such a great conversation. Any questions you've got, anything you wish I'd have asked him extra, anything that you think I should be talking about on the show, I would love to hear from you. Just let me know. Get in touch in any way. It really, really encourages me. And it just helps the show because it tells other people about it too. Uh, This episode is sponsored by our friends over at Nextstand. And we've got a competition going on at the moment to win some of their goodies. All you have to do is tug us all in a post on any social media network. And let us know what your favourite episode has been so far. And you stand the chance to win some goodies. All the details are in the description and on our social media. So yeah, go check that out. And without any further ado... Here is the wonderful episode from Pete Wright. So Pete, I am really happy to chat to you today. How are you doing? I'm very, very well. Thank you very much. That's that's excellent. I was gutted because we were supposed to catch up a while ago in Barcelona and it didn't end up happening. Uh, But it's good to be able to chat. Yes, mate. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember when I was over. What were you doing? You were were you still there or were you travelling at that I, point? I was packing the flat up, getting ready to go to Asia. So it was all That's a bit. It. Like, it was the last month we were there, kind of thing. Yeah, you're you're very lucky to live in Barcelona. It's a uh, it's a beautiful city. It was fun, dude. It was a good two years, and then yeah. Brexit fucked it all up, and we had to move. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fun times. <laughs> So I've I've been really excited to chat and obviously we'll talk about music a lot but um I'm really into the fact that you did your first conference panel at Wild Paths. How did that go? Yeah, it it was really good actually. I mean Wild, Wild Paths for for anyone who doesn't know it's a a new festival. This was the first year of it running in Norwich in the UK. Um and there was over 200 acts um playing across 20 different venues all over Norwich um, over three days. So it was a whole weekend. Um, but they also included kind of conferences, talks, there was graffiti artists, there was there was kind of a whole bunch of things going on. Um, so they had two days of um, various kind of panels and talks and workshops. And yeah, they, um, Ben, who runs it, asked me to come along to to do a chat about kind of being out on the road and what it's like and how you prepare and how you look after yourself, kind of well-being, 
um, while you're kind of away from home. And yeah, it was it was really nice. I mean, they, they ran it at a place called Epic Studios. Uh, which is a music venue, but it also doubles up as um, where the access to music course is held as well. Um, And so basically on the Friday that I spoke, they invited all of the students basically to ditch their lessons and um, and come in and and uh, spend the day listening to various different panels, uh, which was really nice. So there was kind of bits on um, labels. Uh, do we need record labels anymore? PRS, PPL, royalties, uh, well-being, publishers. Um, it was great, you know, and, um, you know, I, I kind of look back and think, God, if I was... You know, when I was 16, 17, I would have I would have killed to have uh, been, you know, able to have access to something like that. It was, yeah, it was a wonderful yeah. day. Went really well. I was about to say the same thing, man. I was about to say that I wish I'd have had access to that information at that age. And a lot of that is stuff that you learn from years on the road and just from doing stuff yourself. It is. How was the reception from the students? Yeah, it was, it was really nice, actually. I mean... Um, you know, it, it's always a bit odd. I mean, I've, I've personally never done anything like that before, so I, I had kind of no sort of preconceptions of how, how it was going to go or who was going to turn up or if people would even stay, kind of our visions of just everyone walking out halfway through. But um, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was lovely, you know. Um, one of those things we had, I think we had an hour set aside and I think I think we only got through probably maybe half of what we'd planned to you know i sort of always thought yeah. god an hour an hour is gonna get it's gonna be hard to fill an hour of talking but actually it was uh the complete opposite you know um i think that's the way it goes yeah i found that on the podcast it's really weird you, you sit for an hour and there's some guests especially people i've never talked to before yeah you're like this is going to be difficult how do i how do i flesh this out yeah. And suddenly you look at the time and it's been an hour and a half and you're like, wow, I haven't even answered yeah. half the questions I had. <laughs> and, what, and what is funny, like, I'm absolutely terrified of public speaking as well. That, oh, is, that is one of my <laughs> one of my phobias. Like, if I've got to do that or, you know, a couple of times I've had to do, like, a best man wedding speech and, and all of that. And it's, it's something that I really struggle with. You know, get I, I was kind of think like, behind a drum kit, I'm absolutely fine. You know, <laughs> I, could, I could have 50,000 people in front of me but if if i have to talk to six people in a room it it's just (laughs) i find it really really hard i'm out my comfort zone you know that's really interesting dude so why do you push yourself to be in those situations because obviously you've got the choice to say no to some of those situations yeah yeah definitely um yeah i mean i think for me it's it's important really as as a human being and as a race you know we we've got to um we've got to kind of keep pushing ourselves right i mean that's yeah. kind of the purpose of life uh if not what is what is the point of even being here um i'm a i'm a firm believer that um getting out there and um doing things that uh, sort of push you out of your comfort zone that that can only be a good thing um i mean mm-hmm. for me i'm 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 someone who and we may touch on this later I'm, you know i'm someone who's always kind of suffered with like a lot of anxieties and stuff like that and I've, I've always kind of felt that kind of the the easy option would just be to kind of shut the curtains, lay in bed all day and um, kind of procrastinate, procrastinate. But um, 
one of my best coping mechanisms to do that um, or not do that even is um, to actually push myself um, and to to take things on that I that I wouldn't normally do I mean I say even even some something like this podcast is um, is is pretty tough for me because um, you know a few days beforehand I'm you know get getting those feelings in my stomach of like oh my god why why am I doing this <laughs> why am I putting myself in this position um, but I know you know as soon as I've done it and it's over I will be you know pretty proud of myself for for getting through that you know that's the thing dude and I think that the way people view you for pushing past those feelings and the way people um, can relate to that and, and gain something from that is so valuable and that will make it easier for you as time goes yeah. on. Those, I, I, I find those feelings never go away. I get nervous before every podcast still. Yeah. But I do gain something after every conversation which makes it worthwhile. Yeah, definitely. And, and this podcast has been great. I mean, I was listening back to um, some of the older ones you did you know and there's there's some really amazing people that you've um you've had on there and it's it's just lovely to hear lots of different viewpoints from lots of different people you know and i think um again we can we could all stand to kind of learn stuff from talking to each other you know we're, we're all so wrapped up in you know social media and staring at our phones and you know thinking that we're all interacting with each other but a lot of the time <laughs> there is no interaction going on there you That's know we so think it, we think it's a dialogue but it isn't actually a real dialogue you know um and you know even being able to chat to you kind of over this this medium is is absolutely brilliant you know uh, we should do it more and it's interesting because i feel like there's there's certain topics that are being talked about more on social media Yes, but sometimes we forget to to add the positive side of it, yeah. and that's what you've just done. Like mental health, anxiety is something that is being talked about more. But how many times do we get to chat up to someone who encourages us to push past our our discomforts and to do something positive? That's something that's something that sometimes isn't touched upon as much, and it's left at oh, we all need to be aware that it's a thing, and that's it. Yes. End of conversation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, you know, and and I guess how can I put this? I I guess we've just got to kind of strive to make those connections. You know, we are we're all connected upon many different levels. You know, and it's it's I, I I guess I've been lucky in in my life. I've I've had quite a few people sort of almost appear out of nowhere into my life who have. Um, kind of changed my my way of thinking a little bit you know and we we kind of all need that sometimes you know we we go through life um kind of ambling along being kind of comfortable and then sometimes you just you just need a bit of a kick up the ass and a bit of a <laughs> exactly a, a, a different viewpoint you know and and sometimes that happens when you when you least expect it someone comes into your life and you go ah okay yeah i can look at life slightly differently again you know and that can be a really really interesting time it's so true something we were touching on before we actually did the podcast you mentioned that you'd been working a lot on meditation and yoga yeah and that's something that i'm working on at the moment so I, oh, i'd love to know how how you got into it and, and what you're currently doing yeah so i mean the the yoga thing sort of came up really because um at the time a, a student that i teach drums to his mum was a yoga teacher actually and 
Um, I was I was having a few issues with kind of like back problems and um, you know I guess my posture and stuff was wasn't particularly great and I got chatting to to her one day and she just said oh you know you should you should come try yoga um, so I started to do sort of some private one to one lessons with her and it it just made me feel so much better I was amazed within within really a couple of sessions you know my yeah. Um, my whole body was feeling more relaxed, more flexible. You know, I could um, start to bring in that practice into my kind of warm up exercises. Um, after I'd after I've kind of played, I would do some stretches and some yoga postures. Um, and then I noticed it was making my mind a lot calmer as well. Um, and for that kind of portion of time when I was practicing, um, I had this kind of stillness and calmness around myself that I'd never really had before. Um, and yeah. from there I thought, hang on, there must be, there must be something in this, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I did a bit of research and then I came across a guy called Noah Levine. I don't know if you've heard of Noah Levine. No. Um, he's a, he's a writer. He's an, he's an old punk rocker basically. Um, who again got into kind of, Buddhist meditation and yoga and all of this. And, and he ended up writing a couple of books. Um, his, his first one, which is called Dharma Punks, is, okay. is something definitely to check out. Um, it, it sort of talks about uh, all, the, all the problems he got into, like kind of alcohol, drugs. Um, he ended up kind of on the streets. He ended up kind of in jail. Um, and from there, he kind of um, discovered meditation. Um, and that kind of really helped change his whole kind of thinking and out and thoughts of his of his life around. And through that, um, he's now kind of like quite a big Buddhist teacher. I say he's, he's written a couple of books. He does um, sessions. Um, he's done podcasts that you can check out, which is really good. So he was he was kind of the first person that, that I read his stuff and went, Okay, this is this is cool. This is kind of like DIY. This is punk. This is um, this is pretty hardcore. You know, yeah. I'd always thought kind of meditation and Buddhist stuff and Zen and whatever was kind of for hippies. Absolutely agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to say there's anything wrong with being a hippie, but you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a I'm a punk at the end of the day. You know, and and I've grown up most of my life kind of wanting to smash the fuck out of stuff. Um, but actually, to realise that kind of the two very much go hand in hand. Actually, you know, there's this there's this other book that I recently got called um, the Punk Rock Yoga Manifesto, which is absolutely brilliant, and it talks. Um, quite in detail about kind of the connection between punk and yoga and meditation and, and actually you know it's all a very kind of anti-establishment um very kind of uh uh how, how can i put this it's, it's a very kind of personal movement you know you have control of yeah. this you know it's not down to anyone else you know it's a very diy um ethos behind it all which which i love um and then you know, I guess talking about kind of random people who come into your life, um, I then met Nelson, who is the guitarist in We Bless This Mess. Uh, yeah. And now he's, he's funnily enough, he, he ended up joining Ducking Punches playing guitar. Um, but he, again, you know, very kind of spiritual guy who 
who really kind of showed me the the art of um, meditation and and the power of meditation and, and what it can do. You know, and, and me and Nelson, we we sit up for hours and hours on end talking about this. You know, we're we're both kind of pretty much kind of straight edge living people, um, but it's. It, it it again it was it was someone that i met probably a couple of years ago and and he again kind of really opened my eyes up to sort of other practices and then through that i met other people and then discovered other books i mean there's uh, this other guy called Brad Warner who again was a um was an old punk rocker played Bands. I think there were a Washington DC kind of um, straight edge hardcore band back in the day. Um, he's written ten or eleven books now. Uh, his first one, which is called Hardcore Zen, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, and then his his second one, which is probably my favourite, is called Sit Down and Shut Up, and it's all about the sort of the the Soto arm of Zen meditation. Um, so both of those books are great. And then, funnily enough, I, I discovered a new one yes uh, just yesterday actually, um, which you you may have heard of this guy. He's called Miguel Chen, and he's a bass player yeah. for Teenage Bottle Rocket. And I had no idea that, yeah, he runs like yoga for punks. Um, he's again, he's he's written a couple of couple of books. Uh, he's just brought out his second one, which I think is uh, dealing about kind of death. And his first one is, yeah, kind of more more meditation practice. Uh, he also runs like a yoga studio back at home and stuff. So yeah, it's like you know, it's it's funny. There's there's lots of people out there kind of into this kind of stuff, you know. And it's um, it it is a very powerful thing. It's certainly helped me, and it's helped a lot of people around me as well. Yeah, dude, it's something that really needs to be talked about more within the punk community, within the touring mm. community in general. I had yeah. a really good conversation on the podcast uh, with Nikki about neurodevelopment. Yeah. Um, and one of the things we were talking about is the coping mechanisms that we use in life and how they stick with us. And then you basically need to rewire your brain through movement, through yoga yeah. to try and get your body back into the things you should have learned in the womb and as a toddler. Yes. And obviously, yeah. I've got so many of those from my time being homeless, coping mechanisms, fear mechanisms that you pick up. Yeah. But from touring in a van, in a cramped space with other people, we're constantly having to cope with situations that are uncomfortable. Absolutely. And if we're not rewiring ourselves and getting that tension out of us, that can escalate and become something quite serious if we're not looking after it. It can. And I, I think with touring, that's that's always something um, that that is, yeah, vitally important to kind of think about and talk about because um, I, I certainly remember back, like, the first few times I toured, you know, that you have this this idea of, of what it's got to be, you know, and you think, right, it's, it's got to be 24 hours of fun. It's got to be 24 hours of chat, conversations, hanging out, you know, and actually, if you do that, as much as you love your bandmates, you need time apart from them, you know, um, so and even, even just sitting in a van, you know, sometimes, you know, it, it's almost like you can feel the tension of like, we should be having a laugh and we should be having a conversation. But actually, do we? Do we need to have a conversation right now? You know, probably not, you know? And once you learn that, 
you actually you end up having a really <laughs> nice time you know and when you do then have those those opportunities to kind of hang out and have a laugh then it's even more kind of special you know they mean more yeah Absolutely. you know it's, it's that feeling of not having to live in each other's pockets for like two weeks solid you know or, or however long the tour is you know um and i think definitely you know we're we're all quite good like ducking punches especially like um you know i say i, I do quite a bit of meditation nelson does um a minimum of an hour of meditation every day um ash as well our bass player he's he's um, take some time out to do meditation and he's into a bit of yoga as well. So, you know, we all, we all sort of individually do find time to find a corner somewhere, you know, um, and sometimes just even just meditating in the van, you know, it, it can be done. You know, there's, there's again, this, this whole kind of, um, idea that, that meditation should, you know, be in a nice, quiet, secluded, peaceful, calm corner somewhere, tranquil, you know, that, isn't always um available no and it becomes an excuse yeah and it becomes an excuse definitely um and actually you don't need that anyway you know actually learning to um to to go inward and to meditate um in a noisy environment it's a really good skill set to have you know because if you if you are away for a few weeks you know you may not be able to find that quiet space certainly every day you won't be able to so being able to kind of just um do it do it in a van while there's other conversation or music going on is that's a, a really good thing to learn to do actually so true so true are there any apps or anything that you've been using for either yoga or meditation or youtube channels anything like that yeah i mean for for yoga i i use a lot of um yoga with adrian who awesome, is yeah. absolutely brilliant um she has got hundreds and hundreds of videos up and it's oh so many practices there's there's uh the the ones i tend to do the she does specific yoga for the morning and yoga for bedtime and i do a lot of them um some of them will be as short as 10 minutes some of them are half an hour some of them are a bit longer but she does yoga for anxiety yoga for headaches yoga for migraines yoga for knees you know pretty much anything that you can think of um she has like a set yoga routine so she she tends to be my sort of go-to yoga person um i do also do like a weekly yoga class as well um a good friend of mine sarah lewis runs it in norwich so i go every thursday and do a couple of hours with with her in a group as well which is good. Um, in, in terms of um, kind of the more meditation stuff, I mean, uh, I don't I don't use many sort of guided meditation um, apps or videos. I, I tend to just find some some nice kind of music, some, yeah. some just pretty much some calm music. I, I tend to at the moment, I'm, I'm only kind of really doing 20 minutes, half an hour at a time. You know, I know people who do two, three, four hour meditation <laughs> sessions. Yeah, too much, too <laughs> I don't really have that time. You know? <laughs> I've, I've got a four year old child, so it's, it's hard to, to find time yeah. to do that. Um, but certainly, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try and do a minimum of like 15 minutes a day, you know, and, and sometimes that just means um, putting a 15 minute timer on my phone. Um, I've got a like a corner uh upstairs in my bedroom that that you know i put some some nice things up so 
um, you know, it's important to have a little bit of space where wherever that is. So um, that's that's what I tend to do. Just put some music on and time myself for 15 minutes and try not to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That is the thing, not falling asleep if you get too cozy. Yeah. You mentioned that quite a few of you in Ducking Punches are doing some form of meditation or yoga. How long yeah. has that been going on within the band? Ooh, um, I mean, I guess Ash, Ash only joined the band earlier this year. That was kind of March kind of time this year. And then Nelson, I guess, has been in the band probably about a year and a half. Um, so yeah, and I guess I guess I've only really been doing the meditation sort of on the road, um, really since Nelson joined. Because again, I I I guess again I was a bit self conscious when I was the only one of four wanting to do it. I sort of felt I didn't I didn't feel confident or comfortable enough yet to do it. But it kind of um, it helped no end when other people joined who kind of understood that so um i guess yeah the last kind of year year and a half really what impact what impact what changes have you seen i mean as a collective it's it's really nice actually i feel i feel like we're we're a lot more supportive of each other i feel we're a lot more yeah we're a lot more tuned into each other it's funny i think we we all now know you know if if one of the other people is having a bad day it's we're all very in tune to that you know we, we've almost become like a collective mind yeah. and if one of us is is slightly out of out, out of sync or whatever then the rest of us kind of we we kind of pick that up quite quickly actually so you know but but we can all kind of share advice and words of wisdom and whatever quite easily because we we all understand where uh where we're all all coming from you know the last thing I want to touch on on the subject is if you had to to give other touring bands, young bands advice on on how to look after themselves in terms of their mental health and their band members' mental health, what would you be your number one tip? My number one tip uh, would be, I guess, don't put any kind of pressure or expectations on yourself. Um, I think... Again, it's it can be one of those things, especially when you're younger, you know, you, you will have these preconceptions again of what tour is going to be. And don't kind of don't feel that you have to do what you think it's going to be. You have yeah. to do what feels natural, do what feels comfortable. And if that is playing a show and if it's then going and having a cup of tea and having a biscuit and going to bed, cool, do it. You know, don't feel pressure. Don't feel pressure because we have pressures all the way through society from politicians, from our bosses, finances, day to day bullshit that we all live in. You know, we all have these pressures upon ourselves and being in a band and touring, it should be a a release from that. And it should be a getaway from that. And if you're not enjoying it, then you need to figure out why you're not enjoying it. And if that means um, touring in a way that that doesn't seem cool, whatever cool is, <laughs> um, don't feel peer pressured. For me, I absolutely love it when a when a show is finished. I I just love getting an early night, having a cup of tea, having a chat watching a bit of telly, 
brilliant. It's a really nice end to yeah. the night. You know, I don't feel that I have to have to go out and, and drink and get myself into some crazy stupor, you know, and go out partying all night, you know. If you want to do that and you, and you can sustain that and that's what makes you happy, then fine, I'm not going to knock that at all, you know. But um, ultimately, find what makes you happy and go with that and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Yeah, it's really difficult and it can be peer pressure, like quite literally. We had yeah. situations in the band where one or two of us would be single and want to party hard after yeah. every gig and the rest of us would want to sit in a pub and have a quiet chat. And it creates tension if you don't it deal does. with those situations properly. And it's, and it's really hard as well if um, one of your, your band members is, say, the driver you know yeah um, me and, yeah and to be honest me <laughs> um and it could be really hard you know if it, if everyone else is like yeah let's go out and you're just thinking but i'm sober i'm tired and i've got to drive yeah. half an hour to where we're staying i don't want to go out till 2 or 3 a.m but you also don't want to feel like you're disappointing you know your your mates and your bandmates you know you want to you want to kind of um not feel like the party pooper you know um so true yeah you know you are you are, at the end of the day i always think driver's rights you know and, <laughs> and if for whatever reason if if i'm not driving and if i want to go out which very rarely happens but if i'm the one who wants to go out but the driver turns around and says no i want to get back fine i, I yeah. completely respect that you know um i i feel you know driver's rights is is very important especially when it comes to uh where you sleep as well the driver should always yeah. have the best bed and the quietest room <laughs> it gets difficult when like and every band's different but obviously different people are in different situations and some people are working pretty much full time and then taking time off and this is like their yes. holiday yeah and yeah, yeah. that becomes difficult because i'm obviously self-employed and, and i put a lot of time into the band and and I, my time's managed in a different way. Yes. So then I almost feel guilty sometimes because it's their holiday and they want yeah. to, to. So that that yeah. can be tricky. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I mean, I've, I think we're kind of lucky now in in ducking punches where, um, you know, we we all pretty much, you know, we're we're all self-employed and we do our own thing as well, you know, or alongside the band. Um, but when we tour, it is it is like work. Not in a bad yeah. way. Work, work can still be great, right? And work can be fun. For sure. It um, should be, yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it is, we are there to work at the end of the day. We, we, can, we can enjoy ourselves. We can, um, you know, we can do all the fun things. But ultimately, we're not there to kind of piss about, really. We're there to, to do a job. And that does, that does kind of help with any of those tensions because we are all along the same lines but i've definitely had it with other bands before where you know i've been the only one self-employed and you know the other guys are just kind of seeing it as yeah kind of like a, a holiday away and and i and i get that because for them it, it is you know um it's it's hard band politics is always really hard <laughs> let's talk about the other side of let's talk about the payoff and uh ducking panches has had, had some very cool experiences recently 
uh, supporting Third Eye Blind at the O2. How was <laughs> yeah, that? that? Was, <laughs> I mean, it was cool. It was, it was very unexpected. To be fair, I mean, it was it was one of those things. You know, we got we got this. We just got a, a message through on our Facebook page going like, "Oh, do you want to come and come and do this?" And we and we sort of looked at it and went, "What? <laughs> what? Why? Why have we been asked to do this for?" Um, and I'd sort of forgotten who Third Eye Blind was, to be honest. So I went, first thing I obviously do is go on Spotify, look for their most popular song. I turn it on, I was like, ah, oh, holy this fuck. Song. This is who Third Eye Blind is. Ah, oh, ah, oh, this song, right? And then actually I delved into them a bit more and realised these were a big deal, actually. Like, I didn't, I didn't realise quite how big a deal they are. You know, they've been going since 93. You know, they've got, um they've had like 12 million sales of albums you know the first album yeah. went six six times platinum you know i didn't quite really i just thought they were kind of a one one hit wonder but actually they've, they've got like a a real big legion of fans and because they were they only did two uk shows they did london and manchester so yeah i mean obviously we we kind of jumped at the opportunity especially when yeah, when when they said that it was going to be at the O2 Kentish Town, um, which is a venue, you know, I've I've only been two three times, I guess, to that venue, but I've I've always loved it. You know, it's a it's such a beautiful space, you know, um, and I guess, you know, from a selfish point of view, sometimes there's those venues that you want to kind of tick off and go like I've played that venue now, and that was that was kind of quite a a big kind of reason personally for wanting to do it as well just because i wanted to play that venue and it was it was amazing you know we 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 didn't necessarily have particularly high expectations because we were first on support band we aren't necessarily a band that um probably fans of third eye blind are likely to know or like so we thought well you know we'll turn up we'll do our thing and you know as you do and see and see how it goes and actually it was it was a really beautiful experience it was turning up you know everyone you know some sometimes you you turn up at these big venues and everyone's kind of um in work mode and they've been doing it for years that they don't really give a crap about you but um we turned up and everyone working there was was absolutely brilliant Everyone, the, the rep and the promoter and the sound guys and the roadies and the techies and um, all of Third Eye Blind's uh, road crew were lovely as well. And, yeah, you know, turned up, did our thing, set up, and kind of lucky in, in the kind of doors were were at 7 and we went on till 8 o'clock, which was, which was quite nice and quite unheard of because, again, generally those kind of big shows, doors are at 7, and you're on at five past seven, you know, playing to no one. Um, but there was a whole hour of the doors being open. And by, by the time we came on, it was, I would say it was pretty much full, you know. Um, and it went really well, went really well. We were we were absolutely humbled by the experience. Um, yeah, it, it was weird, you know. We, we're all quite, um, I guess we all live with that imposter syndrome a little bit where we're all like, we're not good enough to do this. Why? Why are we here for? You know, um, and, and we all have. You know, we're all very kind of um, humble. We 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 don't take compliments or whatever very well between us. And it was just really weird afterwards because you know we we played the set and then afterwards even we you know we walked out and 
you know, there's like this massive cheer and everyone's like wanting to high five us and cuddle us and go like, you've been the best band we've seen for like 15 years. And it's like, I don't know how to take this compliment. I need to learn how to take a compliment because I'm just always self-deprecating. You know, people say nice things to me and I'm just like, nah, mate, nah, you know. Um, but it was, a, it was a really nice experience and, and I, for sure, I would... I would love to do more more of those things because I I love I love the DIY shows and I love the basement shows and I I love all of that aspect, um, but I love those big shows. I love playing those big venues. Yeah. I love playing big festivals. Um, I think the the feeling can't really be matched when you've got that many people in front of you. Can I touch on like? I think it's something that no one really talks about. We all look up to these shows growing up as, as these big deals, right? And yeah. it's it's very easy to think that a show like that is career-changing, right? Um, yeah. What is the actual reality in this day and age of social media? What is the kind of return you get on a show like that? Do you see a massive increment in, in followers, in fans, in downloads, in that kind of thing? Or is it more of a slow burner? I mean, I think it, it it depends kind of what what kind of shows stuff we're talking about. I mean, that that personal one, yeah. I mean, we definitely noticed a big increase in like Spotify plays. Uh, we noticed a big increase in Facebook followers. Um, yeah, kind of likes and uh, there was a lot more. Com- you know, there's a lot of comments and Instagram. You know, there's there's kind of quite a few few live videos and stuff like live streams put up of us us playing so yeah there was i mean in terms of like longer term impact you know those kind of big shows happen and you have a couple of days to kind of ride the wave a little bit and milk it a little bit and then you know then you're back down to earth and then you're like ah, yeah it was it was just another show you know as cool as it was it was a cool experience but it was it was another show you know i always feel that Ducking Punches and, and yourself have always been very good at, at maximising the, the professionalism that a, a DIY band to start off with and then a band in general can, can bring to the table. And you see this in, in the way you interact with others in your social media and the shows you're playing, but it also in like the sponsorships that you have. You don't see many people working that hard to, to build a repertoire of sponsorships at, at that level that generally. Yeah, I guess not. And, and what's funny about it, I guess, again, this this might come back to that kind of imposter syndrome thing again. We we always, as a band, always think like we put very little effort into it. <laughs> um, but, but maybe we do put more effort into it than yeah. we give ourselves <laughs> kind of credit for you know we always go like god oh, if we if we actually tried we would we would um be doing a lot more <laughs> but um yeah maybe, maybe that's maybe that's just our personalities again you know we, we probably should learn to kind of pat ourselves on the back now and again and Absolutely. go actually we've we've achieved we've achieved sort of some good stuff really but yeah i mean we're, we've been lucky that um you know again i think because we you know we're doing this as as a job so to speak you know we 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 have all kind of actively gone out and tried to kind of make connections with various kind of companies and i I think it's vitally important to have you know i mean uh for me especially you know alongside duck and punches you know i'm i'm obviously doing um some other bands and i've got my own little studio here and bits and bobs so you know it's it's been really important to me to to feel that I've I've got sort of some some companies and some sponsors 
who can who can kind of help me out and um you know it's a it's kind of like a mutual um uh, relationship really in that you know i i feel that i have the backing and i have the opportunity to play some you know really beautiful instruments and you know in in return you know i can i can promote them and work alongside them so yeah we you know that that is something that that we have kind of all all worked towards a little bit maybe maybe kind of unconsciously we've we've ended up getting to this point though yeah no that's good and i think something you've mentioned that's really important is that is that mutual understanding it's not just i want some free stuff it's what can we both bring to the table and that again oh, is the marketing side of things that's sometimes lost within the punk industry because of of the bands maybe we looked up to growing up sometimes yeah yeah you know and 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 i still i still firmly believe in the diy ethos you know i completely believe in that um you know you you need to make make this on your own you know but you will hit a certain point along the road where you just need a little bit of a hand along the road you know and there there should there shouldn't be any um kind of worry or stigma or you know you shouldn't put yourself down if you if you feel that you want to want a little hand you know of course and also like we go back to talking about mental health how long can you cope being in a situation where you're putting maybe your idea at the end of the day of diy ethics before your well-being your family's well-being your future that kind of thing yeah i've seen so many people burn out you know and and i've lost yeah. a lot of people as well and um it's it's quite sad to see you know um i think especially as as we all get a bit older you know i mean i'm i'm 37 now you know so i've been around um a fair bit in the scene you know and um i've seen i've seen some casualties for sure go and yeah. And, and I still see them out there, you know, and, and there's there's friends of mine sometimes that I'm I'm in fear of, you know, where where are they going to end up? You know, yeah. because um, there's only so much that your body and your mind can take, you know, and and you can abuse that for a little while. Fine. Have fun, whatever. But um, that that abuse will kind of catch up on you one day. And I feel kind of lucky myself that that i've kind of seen that and i've kind of stopped that kind of self-destructive path that maybe once upon a time i was on um but i look out there and i still see great hordes of people still going down this road you know and and i can i find that that can be quite a weight on my mind you know um i can relate to that dude yeah yeah and I don't know. I, I would just kind of implore anyone really out there who um, who might be feeling that they they need a hand and they need to get off the path that they're going on. Um, just reach out to someone and don't feel don't put your pride before anything. That's very important. Um, and don't feel that you again need to. Um, continue down that road because you know because it's punk rock or you know whatever you know because there's there's nothing punk rock about you know something killing you so yeah dude one of the reasons that I wanted to chat and and honestly I find it so encouraging to see the way 
the way you conduct yourself within the punk community, the way you treat other people. But also, I think something that's really important for, especially for younger people to realize, is that you can be 37, have a family, be playing in punk rock bands, yeah. and acting in a way that, that looks like you can carry on doing it for a long time. That's really encouraging for people to see. Yeah, you know what? And, the, and there's, there's even, you know, I was, I was actually randomly, I was chatting to um, Mo, who's the drummer for Lonely the Brave. I bumped into him the other day, yeah. and we were, we were kind of chatting about it a bit because he, he was just saying how he'd just turned 42. And we were saying, you know, it's, it's funny, this, this kind of age thing, that obviously we're, we're all getting older at the same rate, you know? So whereas, yes, you know, I feel that I'm, I'm kind of of that, that generation now that's, that's getting older, there's still, for me, I've still got those idols that are older than me who are still yeah. doing this, you know? Um, Mike Park being one of them yeah of you know, I'm, I'm wearing his t-shirt right <laughs> oh, now <there> we go. <laughs> i mean i mean he's just an absolute inspiration that guy you yeah. know people like him ian mckay you know um i mean i was about to say frankie Stubbs, and then i realized <laughs> actually he's maybe not the best role model to have but no. you know there, there are still these guys who are who are out there duncan from snuff is another one who i really look up to who you know um God, now loads are coming to my mind. Tom from um, Goober Patrol and Toy Dolls. Uh, you know, there's there's still these people out there who are 10, 15, 20 years older. No means no. You know, they must be mid-60s by now. They're still punk as fuck. You know, they're still yeah. going out there. They're still kicking the ass of lots of younger, younger bands and younger people. You know, so sometimes a part of me goes ah oh, getting towards 40 maybe i need to kind of slow down and stop stop this kind of way of life and stop touring yeah. and then i look out and i see these these other other people who are yeah a generation older than me still doing that doing it and that's that's incredibly inspiring you know just shows that you you can do this you know there's nothing to stop any of us from achieving what we what we want to achieve in this life but i'm i bet that doesn't mean it's easy to balance doing punk rock having a family and having a career no it's a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> it's a great nightmare to have but it is it is a bit of a nightmare i mean um i, I think the the biggest thing for me like the last couple of years was um literally getting google calendar like with without <laughs> google calendar I don't know what I would do in my life right now. Um, I was always very much like a, an old school paper diary kind of guy. Um, yeah. And I, I do miss having a paper diary in some ways, but um, definitely when, you, when you've got a, like my wife is self-employed as well, as well. She runs a theater company and she's off touring quite a lot as well. Um, so when, you know, I'm self-employed, my wife is self-employed. I've got a, a four-year-old who, who's just started school um you know i've got to run the studio i've got i've got three or four bands to balance um you know it's it's a lot to kind of um yeah it is, it is definitely a juggling act you know but um google calendar you know and having a shared google calendar with my wife yeah. is that's that's actually made things a lot easier because we you know we we used to have so many arguments where you know i'd i'd book a tour in and then i'd come home and tell her and she'd be like you can't do that because 
I'm away here. And I'd be like, well, I didn't know. So, you know, what are we going to do? We've got a, we've got a child that needs childcare, you know? Um, but now, you know, now we have a shared calendar. It's, it's literally, I just look on my phone and it, and we just have this unwritten rule of, you know, first come first served. So if, if nothing is booked in, then I book it in, you know, and then there's no arguments that instantly pings up on, on Lucy's phone and she knows what I'm doing, you know, um, and vice versa. She's like, shit, I was hoping to book something in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We did, we did have, we, yeah, actually tomorrow night we did have something where we, we both put something in. And then this morning we were like, so what are we going to do tomorrow night about Alfie? It's like, oh yeah, not, I'm not sure actually. We 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 haven't quite worked that one out yet, but um, <laughs> I'm sure sure something we'll figure out. We're we're kind of lucky in that we we both got kind of parents living nearby, so yeah, you know if if they need to come by and and look after him for for a few hours, then then they can do that. So there's there's one more topic that I'll touch on because of because of time. Yep. I try and keep them they're like kind of hour range. But beforehand, I just want to touch on. Or at least mention for anyone who's listening, uh, mild peril the zine that I know you you're not doing as much now, but it's absolutely wonderful, and I think it's still available online. If I'm correct, I've, I've got like a few handfuls of a few of the issues left. If the listeners get to it first, they'll be lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think some of them literally, I might have one or two copies left. You know, I mean, they, these are, these are zines which are now you know, getting on for 10 years old, you know, probably, probably yeah. actually older thinking about it, you know, but you um, released, you released uh, an extra one last, uh, was I it did last, it last, last September. I did one yeah, to coincide it. with, so it was our 1000th duck and punches show. So yes. we, um, we wanted to release, or I wanted to release a special edition for that. Cause we, we did like a, an all day, in Norwich where we got kind of a, a bunch of our, favorite bands and bands that we played with over the years we we got them to come and do like an ordea so i did do like a special edition mile peril um for that interviewed all the bands involved and sort of had a had a look back over kind of the duck and punches career and stuff so that was fun you know and i and i would i would love to pick it up again it's i guess unfortunately it's quite low down on my priority yeah, list right now yeah. um and i find kind of zines i still love zines i, I still buy zines I, I would love to write another zine again but um i find they are harder and harder to sell certainly when i did did the one um last year you know it was yeah i only did like i think i did like 300 copies and it was quite hard to sell those 300 copies to be fair yeah. um you know it's it's now you know again the age of google it's like if if someone wants to learn or read about a band they're just going to go on wikipedia you know um and it, and it's a it's a real shame it's i don't even think it's it's the access to the internet because there must be a reason we've got access to the internet and i still love zines True. too yeah i think it's the fact that the new generation hasn't grown up seeing scenes yeah. be a big part of the punk scene. They they have seen blogs as that. Yeah. So that's why I think it's important to mention Mild Peril, to mention the other scenes that some are still going and doing quite well. Oh man, I saw like uh, Lights Go Out. I believe they just yeah. released their 70th issue. I'm pretty yeah, sure nice. it's their 70. I mean, 70 issues. That is... 
that's like outstanding hats up i mean i i yeah. got to 20 issues which i was pretty pleased <laughs> about but to do 70 of these i mean that is that's a lifelong commitment um you know and i, I tip my hat to mr t you know he's um doing a great job yeah Right, uh, next project I was going to mention was I Said Goodbye. Yeah. Because uh, I love the tunes, so I need to give them a shout out. Any other bands that you're currently playing in? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've got Duck Punches, I Said Goodbye. We've just released our second album um, called History, yes. which is just out. Um, I also, randomly a bit different to this, uh, do a wedding band as well. So it's kind of a, a function band that, that we do um, with actually alan from i say goodbye is in that as well um so yeah we we got like a few weddings coming up and um just trying to kind of get into the the function circuit a little bit more so that that's kind of fun actually because i've i've never i've never actually done a covers band before i've only ever done originals um so actually it's 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 quite a challenge to do this you know it's um certainly opened my eyes up my ears up to to a lot of different things uh, different styles you know having to play kind of i know system of down toxicity one minute and then you're going into i don't know uptown funk the next and then you're playing roxanne and then a bit of the darkness prince whatever you know it's um it challenges you you know and you end up playing things that you wouldn't normally play because you're emulating another musician you know um so I've, I've really enjoyed doing that um i'm also uh doing a bit of recording with a band called summer now which is cool. um a friend of mine pete who does um it's kind of explosions in the sky kind of instrumental amazing kind of post-rock um so we we've done our first album that's up on spotify and i've just been sent the stems for um, album number two, so I need to start recording that soon. Um, and I think that's about it. Other than that, it's just kind of teaching, really. Teaching takes up a lot of my my time as well. Yeah. So that's the last thing I was going to touch on. Although I was going to say, do you play uh, "Place Your Hands" by Reef in the Wedding Band? You know what? No, but that is oh, come a, on. that's a pretty good that's a pretty good shout actually. I'll tell you what I'll do <laughs> after this podcast. I'll um I'll send you the link to the. Uh, to our to our uh, playlist and see what you think and if there's any others if there's any other recommendations let me know but yeah re, re, that's a good call actually that's a really good call it's a great song so uh yeah teaching your little studio how was that getting that set up yeah it's great man i mean you know we we kind of looked at moving out the city um two three years ago really when when our son was getting a bit older uh we just wanted to um, escaped to the country a little bit, you know, so we um, had a look around and found this really nice house um, just outside Norwich. We're about five, six miles outside of Norwich now, um, just in a little village. And yeah, when we looked around, there was basically a, a an old garage that had been converted into like a granny annex. So sort of a lot of the hard work had been done, you know, electrics were in, the floor was laid, you know, um, radiators were put in, all of that. So, you know, we sort of thought, well, this this could be a really good space for me to then utilise. So I guess probably a couple of years ago, really, I, I just started to, to do a bit of research and speak to a couple of builder friends I know who, who have done this kind of thing before. And yeah, just sort of threw threw myself in the deep end really and went let's let's do this you know and it is it's been brilliant you know it's it's lovely to have 
um, my work and my space um, to work in literally like a stone's throw from my living room. You know, it means I can come out here like pretty much any time of the day, jump on my drum kit. I, I have it mic'd up 24 hours a day. So literally if, if I'm sitting on, a so on, the, on the sofa and I'd suddenly think of a drum beat in my head, I can literally run over press record and record it down straight away so i'm trying to keep a bit of a a library and a catalog now on on my laptop of you know various fill-ins or grooves beats whatever just something that you know at some point in the future i'm i might be able to to utilize in some yeah. form or or another so it's been really nice and being able to teach is really important as well you know not not just from um a financial reason but you know i, I feel it's it's vitally important to kind of again impart knowledge that i may have onto you know the next generation you know so to sure. to have kids come in and me be able to show them you know a beat and then put like i don't know put a paramore song on and get them to play to it you know their faces light up it's an incredibly rewarding thing to do you know um and i i i guess now this is my my 20th year of teaching i started teaching when i left school at 17 and i've taught for 20 years now and still to this day i, I get an absolute buzz out of doing it and it's something that i would always want to continue doing so yeah, so for, for for me, I think it's, I think being in a band can get to the point of burnout, and we've talked about it already. So in order to keep things fresh, in order to actually have something, if the band starts not doing well for a year, that can you can financially keep on going. How important is it to find a side hustle to do something like setting up that studio? Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, definitely that that was kind of vital. I, I think, you know. Um, for example, at the moment, Ducking Punches, we're, you know, we're, we're taking a bit of time out just because we need to start writing um, for the next album, you know, and when you're touring all the time, it's very hard to sort of put that time aside to actually start writing yeah. uh, new material. So we, we've kind of gone, you know, right, let's let's take a few months out and actually, you know, spend some good time writing you know um so for me you know if we're not touring and I'm, and I'm not making money from that then where is where's my income gonna come from you know i've got to pay the bills i've got to eat i've got to feed my child you know so um having having this for me personally it's a teaching you know um is is absolutely vital you know it's a lifeline i couldn't i couldn't live without doing the teaching you know um for, yeah. for dan for example he's obviously he's he's quite a well-known illustrator and he's also working on his um tattoo apprenticeship at the moment as yes. well um nelson as well is also a tattooist so you know it's it's important that we all have our own little thing you know that defines us outside of the band you know, because again, burnout does happen quite easily. So to be, to be able to kind of walk away from the band for a few weeks and know that it's not going to fold, but know that we can yeah. all concentrate on our own little projects for a little bit and then come back fully refreshed is, is absolutely great. I think there's so many people that stop playing in bands and bands that break up because they haven't figured that out in time. Because it's very easy to start playing in bands when you're in your late teens early 20s 
and and not get that sorted and then obviously you get more and more responsibility yeah and then your financial situation can change so much quicker than it did when you were younger and suddenly you need to get a full-time job or you need to focus on on sorting that situation out and I've seen so many people not carry on because they haven't figured out that balance you need financially to Definitely. be able to push the band and I know and you kind of hit the nail on the head it, it all has to start quite early on when you're quite young because um i mean for me like i I just sort of stated that that i started teaching at 17 um and i'd I'd moved out of home by you know and i had my own house by the time i was 19 you know and and really from from that age i I knew if i wanted this to be a long-term sustainable career that really when i was at that age that was the time to kind of like consolidate and um you know kind of try and save up money and try and be a bit kind of savvy with um with my finances and i'm kind of lucky now that you know yeah 20 years on that that that's kind of worked out okay for me because i think if i was trying to do that now i think i'd be too old (laughs) at least it gets more difficult doesn't it if not i I think everyone can do it but it does get more difficult you've got more burdens more responsibility everything aches a bit more (laughs) and you get yeah you you know i get tired a lot (laughs) <laughs> a lot quicker now than I used to. I look, I look back yeah. to to things I used to do, you know, as a teenager or in my twenties, and and I couldn't do that now, you know. Yeah. If I if I don't get eight hours solid sleep, I'm a nightmare the next day. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely tell that to Jane. She'll relate to that with me. Yeah, I do not. <laughs> like, yeah, if I don't sleep well, and then and then it's weird shit like. And I know this is going off topic now, but it's weird shit. Like, it's not even getting eight hours sleep. It's the fact that you wake up and you're like, I got eight hours sleep, but my back is still yeah. feels funny or something like Definitely. that. <laughs> and and that, that, again, you know, sort of um, tying back into where we started is where kind of yoga and meditation can really help out because, yeah. you know, yo- yoga will, will obviously help with your, your physical body and then meditation can really help with your mental body because there's, there's been other times I've woken up and thought, I've had eight hours sleep, but my brain feels tired, oh, dude. you know, yeah. um, and sometimes you need to give your brain as much rest as your as your body. And and like not going to bed with like a big project on your mind or yes. like a big issue that you've got to solve. Like sometimes it's better just to either if you're not able to meditate, solve the issue before you go to yes. bed. Definitely. Or learn to meditate because otherwise your brain's still working for sure. Yeah. One, one of the big things I found um, that, that helped me get to sleep better was um replaying like the whole day so rather than like mulling over you know sitting and laying in bed and mulling over everything that's kind of happened in a random order you know actually just visualizing yourself um waking up how you felt getting up having breakfast and actually like walking through your day and kind of dissecting your day and thinking about it and then literally taking it up to the moment of getting in bed lying down you know and then from that point you go right i've dissected my day this is now my rest time i'm done switch off and that that's really helped for me because i I would lay in bed for hours just yeah replaying and rethinking about things that had happened in my day you know and and you need to you need to switch off before you go to bed for sure if not, you just absolutely. wake up absolutely knackered. Yeah, and then you're no good to anybody else either. Exactly. Which is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I have enjoyed chatting so, so much. Thank you. Oh, brother. 
thank you so much for having me. I, I feel very honoured to be a part of this because, um, yeah, I say you, you, you've got some some really interesting content online and some really great podcasts with some really great people. So it feels a privilege to be amongst them. <laughs> oh, thank you, dude. And I feel privileged for, for having you a part of them. It's awesome. Um, and we will chat soon, yeah? Yes, mate. You take care. Take care, dude. Thank you so much for checking out that episode of the podcast. I really had a great time chatting to Pete and all the links to everything we mentioned to all his different projects can be found below. Please check his bands out because the music is absolutely wonderful. And if you are a new fan, I can assure you that it is worth your time. Please let me know if you've got any suggestions for things I should have asked, things I could be doing differently. That always helps. And if you're a first time listener and enjoyed that podcast episode, then please check out my one with Giles Bitter from Great Cynics and Dangers of Love and my one with Sean McGowan, which is absolutely wonderful. And finally, I'll suggest the one with Luke Hodson from Awesome Merch who helps a bunch of these DIY bands get their merch printed. And that episode was absolutely amazing too. So yeah, check those out and hopefully catch you next time. I still firmly believe in the DIY ethos completely believe in that you need to make this on your own but you will hit a certain point along the road where you just need a little bit of a hand